There we are. There we are. Simon Evans and Franco Penizo back in the house. No Jose Armando and no Andrea Yanis once again. They are busy with the Honduran national On team. international duty, yeah. They, they were called up. Simon and I were not called up. We stayed locally here um, domestically. So uh, no, no national team call-ups for us. But uh, welcome back to... Miami Total Football Radio, the show, a.k.a. Miami Total Football Radio, the show. That was a good uh, roll. That was a good roll. <laughs> I get kind of stage fright sometimes, because sometimes it doesn't come off that smoothly or I struggle with that it. Was, a that was bit. a top-class roll. So far, I haven't done, um, I haven't made a, a blooper yet on these live hits. I, I'm sure it's going to happen eventually. But again, I'm Franco Penizo. That is Simon Evans joining me here. We will talk all things into Miami as we have. For, I mean, I can't believe summer's over now, right? Summer's over. It, it feels like just yesterday, Lionel Messi was announcing that he was going to join uh, the team. And now we're, you know, Labor Day weekend just passed. And, you know, Inter Miami's back in the full swing of the regular season and, you know, looking for well, a playoff spot. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about their most recent uh, victory against LAFC. But first, let's start with some pleasantries. Simon, how are you doing? Today you're doing better um, after you know fighting a, a bit of a, a bug there. Yeah, I am. I am afraid I had the uh, latest variant of uh, COVID. Even my illnesses are, are retro. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I'm fine now. It was two rough days, but uh, thank you very much. Yeah, now much better now. I'm glad to hear you're doing better. You know, we wish you a speedy recovery last week. I didn't know. I didn't know you had it until over the weekend when a source. Told me that's what you had, but um, I, I I figured you were under the weather a good bit, so I didn't want to bug you too much or you know pester you with oh what do you have you know I just let you be and then you know when you're ready to, then I'll pepper you with the questions. But Simon's back in good health. Appreciate uh, it. You know, I guess we just jump right into it, right? Inter Miami yeah, took on took on LAFC uh, at what was Bank of California Stadium, now it's BMO Stadium in Los Angeles, and. Another road game. This one had, was a star-studded affair. There were a lot of celebrities in the house. A lot in attendance there at FC Stadium. And they witnessed the latest episode of Lionel Messi and Co. The show. <laughs> because uh, Inter Miami came out on top of this one 3-1. to one. They didn't start uh, the game in the best manner, but they weathered that storm. And then they played much better um, for much of the rest of the match getting three more points in their push to the playoffs. We'll talk about that later, Simon, because I've got an exercise for you. Primo, Steve Brenner, did it last week. Now it's your turn, um, but we'll get to that later on. Simon, what do you think, just overall thoughts on the victory? Um, I mean, if you want to talk about the crowd and Selena Gomez's reactions, yeah, yeah, you know, you're more than welcome to. I mean, I, Selena Gomez used to be my celebrity crush. Um, she's not really? anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to share that with you, Selena. You're no longer my celebrity crush. Oh, but, must be destroyed. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, what did you just think about the overall game and just you know the overall spectacle of it all? Yeah, the spectacle of it all. I mean, LAFC wins the celebrity wars, right? I mean, you know, Miami's done pretty well with you know Kardashian and 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 LeBron and and so on, but predictably LAFC you know comes out and and trumps that massively with with all those celebs there. But I have to say as well, you know, this I'm not sure how great a look it is for LFC that like all those celebs trying to join in the chance and and trying to they looked like they were like 
trying really hard to be in the game into the game. I'm not talking about the Selena Gomez viral <laughs> face that went around, but I, but just generally there's some clips where they took, you know, the guys down down by the edge of the field and and I don't know. I mean, yeah, you win that LAFC, but you know what? I, I thought that was the the best performance of the Messi era. Um, not a complete performance because we'll talk about uh, the defending and the amount of chances they gave up, especially in the first 20 minutes, half an hour. I'm sure we'll get into that. But I like the way they were set up. You know, I was a little bit concerned after the Nashville game that Tata's tactics were a little bit too static and playing the same way against everybody, even when they set up to to frustrate you effectively like Nashville did. But he went there with a, an away formation, like a road trip formation, you know, not playing. And Taylor Twelman was like, you know, shocked that there was no Campana and no Martinez and saw this as like some, you know, negative move. They've got no focal point to the attack. It actually worked really well because I thought, you know, Facundo Farias is, is perfect for that breakaway style uh, of play. And uh, Messi was forced to play a more central position. And it actually forced Messi to work harder. It really did. I think, you know, the, the Messi that walks around on the right flank and floats into the game when he wants wasn't there. There was the Messi who was in the middle of the game and, and was forced to be involved a lot more. But some outstanding individual displays, I'm sure we'll get into those as well. For me, um, I thought uh, Diego You like Lopez. Diego Gomez, right? You like Diego Gomez a lot. Diego Gomez, I thought, had his best game in a pink shirt. Um, not just offensively with some of the the assists and the and the crucial passes to Messi, but also um, you know won a lot of challenges. I mean the big chance for Kandu Farias had to to make it three, um, where he posted poked, poked it just wide. That was after a turnover won by uh, Diego Gomez. I thought he I thought he had a great game, but yeah, overall I think it was a really mature performance away from home. You don't need to dominate possession every time you play, especially when you're playing the champions away from home. Go and play, set up for the counter-attack and be effective, and that's what they did. Now, you touched on assists. He didn't get an assist in this one, I don't think, unless they gave him a secondary assist, which we don't count here on Miami Total Football. We don't count secondary assists. No, um, right too. But he, he should have had an assist. He should have had an assist to Lionel Messi in that first half. He plays a heck of a ball, uh, a diagonal pass on the ground, and Messi for his most clear-cut opportunity of the game. And, and John McCarthy, the former Inter-Miami goalkeeper, he makes a, a very good save. That's what led to the Selena Gomez reaction that, like you said, went went viral. Uh, look, let's get the listeners and viewers a little bit integrated into this week's show. Tank721 says, Simon the Wise is back, and he's got a little owl there for you, Simon. <laughs> uh, Steve, Munoz, you, <laughs> Steve Munoz, the celebs were the only group that didn't complain about the record-breaking ticket prices. I I'll tell you what they were for they, tickets. I wonder if they just get invited or they actually have to pay for tickets. I think they have to pay for them boxes, I think. I think the place where Leonardo DiCaprio was eating his uh his paleta. Ice cream. Yeah, yeah, I think that was like uh is that the right word? Paleta? I got that right, yeah. The... It's, I mean I think it was an ice cream right? I don't know. Was it was it a popsicle? I don't I guess yeah I think popsicle. it was like one of those ice cream popsicle things that you yeah. find yeah. But anyway um I think they have to pay for those boxes yeah but it was funny. I was listening to. I wouldn't uh, put it past MLS to have invited all these people. I mean, like, yo, this is a free box for you. I was listening to another podcast that we won't mention. That's produced by um, by a local newspaper, and uh, the LA correspondent who was on as a guest was assuring everybody 
that the only celebs that would be there because tickets were so hard to get, the only celebs would be there would be those who were there all the time who were like supporters like Will Farrell and Owen Wilson. And then I'm watching it and I'm like, don't think Prince Harry was there for the Columbus Crew game, <laughs> you know? It's, uh, yeah. but yeah, I don't, I, I think they do have to pay a bit, but there was a lot of the pink, you know, remember we're out in Nashville, we were talking about how many people in pink were there in the stadium. And we kind of disagreed a little bit about the proportion, but there seemed a lot more in LA. Um, but it's that kind of town, isn't it? You know, and people give Miami a bad rep for being like a fair weather sports town. Come on, Los Angeles is like much more like that, I think. Steve <laughs> Munoz says, did Prince Harry buy his ticket from a scalper? Uh, you know what I loved about the Prince? Reagan. You know what I loved about the Prince Harry thing is when you look through that list of uh, all the celebs, it says Leonardo DiCaprio actor, like like we need to know, but it, it lists them all. You know, uh, LeBron James, NBA player. Um, Sonso, Selena Gomez, musician, and then it says Prince Harry, Meghan Markle, and it had nothing next to the name. <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> what it's did so, they it's self-explanatory. Do? It's self-explanatory. Ex uh, ex royals. Yeah. You know what? You know what name I didn't see on there that apparently was at the game. I don't know. I can't confirm if it was at the game or not. But there's a picture of him apparently at the game, and there's the scoreboards in the back, and it does look like it's BMO Stadium, and it does. And it says Inter Miami 3. You don't see LAFC's logo. You don't see the one, but it does look like it. And it's Dwayne Wade. And he was not on that list unless he was a surprise turnout. Um, Dwayne Wade was in the house, the former Miami Heat. He was in the away end, though. Surely he was in the away end and had to buy a ticket, <laughs> you know? <laughs> he, was, he was with the uh, with the members of La Familia. No, I, th- I mean, he was apparently there. But, uh, but yeah. Good uh, for him. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of celebrities out there for this one, all trying to catch a glimpse of Lionel Messi. Now, I don't know how much of it is genuine. I don't know how much of it is, you know, MLS calling in some favors to, to get people to go. But nonetheless, it made it made for uh, a good show aside from what was happening in the game. You had Tiger, the, the really, rapper. I mean, even, even if MLS was encouraging them, they went, you know. So it was of obviously it was, a, it was a place to be seen in L.A., which is which is good. I mean, MLS loves that stuff. Of course they do. Um, it's also different think- when it's a one-time thing, right? When it's all like... You know, you, you talked about Inter Miami having celebs, but you know, it's sprinkled in a few here, a few the next game, a few the following game. With LAFC, it's the one time Inter Miami is going to play over there, barring any playoffs or open cups or anything like that. It's going to be you know the only time they'll play there over the next couple of years. Um, is because finals the only way they could meet again, isn't it? Yes, this year that would be the only MLS other, Cup. Would, the only they would probably, I would think, have home field advantage for that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think Inter Miami's going to catch up to the second place team in the in the Western Conference. But I mean, it was it was cool. It added you know a little social aspect to it, and um, more than just the football, which was um, different. You know, I like to focus on the football, but obviously it was a talking point. Yeah, no, I'm the same. But you know what? It does it does add to the whole feeling that MLS is becoming more big time. It does, and and it it does have an impact on people. That stuff, you know, those little viral videos. You know, it gets people. You know, my wife is like curious about what's going on with Inter Miami now, and like you know, people like her who aren't really into soccer. They know it's something that like you should know about or be interested in. So I, I think it's it doesn't do any harm, does it? No, it doesn't. Hey, listen again. It added to the spectacle. Added to the spectacle. Which, if we're focusing on the field, I agree with you that Inter Miami was the better team from the run of play. I don't know if I fully agree with you and Tata Martino's assessment and analysis that this was their best game 
Now um, oh, we can dive into that in a little bit more detail in, in a few moments here. Um, yeah, but they, but but they did but they did play pretty well on the whole on the balance against a very talented opponent away, and it was away from Inter Miami's home. So you know they they get massive props for that. They've got the three points in the bag. They bounced back from the midweek disappointment that was that scoreless draw against Nashville. Now, you touched on the 5-3-2 formation. Yeah. And I did, you know, I, I, I like the 4-3-3 back. Like, I'm not a big fan of playing with 5 at the back. That's just my personal preference. But I understand that it's it's, it's a weapon in a lot of coaches' arsenal or arsenals these days. Tata Martino has used it a good bit in recent matches. Mm-hmm. In this one, the first 20 minutes... They were very poor, and largely because Thomas Avilas had a nightmare. He had listen. Uh, Dennis Buwanga had a horrific performance with his finishing, but Thomas Avilas was right behind him in terms of having a, a bad performance. Because agreed, had had Buwanga scored any of those goals, we're talking much more about Avilas and all his shortcomings, and, and that was the real reason why the team was breaking down defensively. I mean, at least in terms of the, the defensive third, um, because Kamal Miller held his own. Sergey Kristoff had. A monster game. I think for me, probably the man of the match. I don't think he set a, a foot wrong. Maybe um, even on the on the play that ends up, you know, in that three v two that Boanga doesn't doesn't slip in the pass to to Carlos Vela down the right. Like the way Sergi Kristoff, if you watch the replay, the way he um, jostles and jockeys his his body and tries to position himself um, as he's retreating, didn't give Boanga a clear option to go forward. And, but also made him hesitate a little bit. So I, I think Sergei Kristoff had a, had an incredible. Yeah, game. that's really good, really good point. Yeah, um, yeah. But but over overall, those first twenty minutes, not very good. Drake Callender had to come up with it with a big save. Came up with a few big saves on the night, didn't he? He did. But yeah, you're right. That start. Um, I mean, look, I think the reason why he's playing five at the back is is pretty obvious. He's got two fullbacks whose strengths, both of their strengths, are are going forward. Yeah. Um, and they can provide the width for the team. He doesn't need to play with wingers if he's got those two guys going down the flank. So it makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, you still want one of them to be able to get back and make up a four when you're under pressure or when you don't have the ball. Um, that didn't happen enough early on in the game. Um, but you're right. You know, Aviles had a, had a really poor game. Um, I'll tell you one thing I noticed about Kamal Miller and... Uh, you remember, you remember when we talked to him after like one of the early training sessions after Messi arrived, and he was talking about how he was being included in the main sort of rondo groups and working on his touch and possession and quick passing and all that kind of stuff. He's really added that to his game. He looks so much more composed, bringing the ball out of defense now. I mean, it's it's obviously different instructions he's getting from a coach than he was before, but he was very much a central defender who would launch it, no? And now, and now he's looking to bring it. And he and he, and he didn't look comfortable. I don't, know, at first. I don't know about that. I don't know about that because in Montreal he was known for being someone that could, you know, build out of the back, carry the ball forward. With Inter Miami during the initial weeks that he was here, he was playing under Phil Neville was a different style. So was there the was there the was there the elements uh, that he has now to to make those short passes like he's doing now? I mean. It wasn't as much of a responsibility as it is now. Where Inter Miami looked to keep the ball, they looked to play short. They don't look to hoop it up. That's the. He's last doing position. it really well. He's doing that. Oh, he's, he's doing really it. Well. He's doing it very well. I mean, he's yeah. playing well. I think Sergey Kristoff is playing well. 
you know, Tank721 here says, Christoph and Miller have really upped their form. They're showing why they get called up to their national teams. j Rec- Recalled in the case of Christoph, I think. No? A recent recall? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? He, he, he Look, he hasn't got pace. Um, and he's going to get exposed sometimes. You don't want to be in a situation where you're leaving Hustoff one-on-one with, with somebody. But he reads it really well. You can see the experience in the mm, way he anticipates and, and reads things very well. He's, he's a smart defender. But we have to say that in that 20 minutes, LAFC could have scored three or four goals. I mean, you're right. Hustoff makes uh, Wanga hesitate about the pass to Carlos Vila. But... Um, but it was still an open pass that the oh Wanger, yeah absolutely Wanga should have made. I mean you know Vela's, Vela's anger furious. was justified man I would totally. be that mad if you didn't pass like I could be the totally. worst player on the field he was wide open and the high percentage play was passing through the right winger that's by himself and it amazes me that a team you look at you look at uh, LAFC and I think you know Carlos Vela's best days are, are behind him um, but if you, if you look at that that team. I'm really surprised that LAFC, with like big resources and and uh, and everything they've got going for them, don't have like a goal scorer like a lot of teams in MLS have. You know, you could you could pick a striker from six or seven other teams in MLS who would have would have found the target once or twice in those situations. Buanga was in. I mean, he's a I winger, Buanga as well, and he's not. A, you know, I know he scored I think a lot of goals. Was a bit fortunate. I think their mind was. They a bit were. Fortunate they were. In this one. Because um, that's not those aren't the only plays. There was another play for Buanga where he's you know he's in on goal uh, and he just clips the ball and it takes a bounce uh, away from the goal and, and past the the post as opposed to um, yeah. towards the goal. Right, the, the bounce could have gone the other way and, and it just didn't. Um, there's also the shot he has from the the left side of the penalty area. If you're looking at it from an LAFC perspective, and Drake Callender makes um, probably his best save of the night. Maria Benavides says, why was Taylor, or she asks, why was Taylor on the bench? So let's talk about that, right? Because let's go back to the formation. He goes with the the 5-3-2. There's no natural striker for the first time, which I think was a surprise. I don't don't think many people had Messi starting up top alongside Facundo Farias when both Joseph Martinez and, and Leonardo Campana were healthy and available. Right. I, but it worked. I liked what I saw from Farias in terms of his ability to stretch LAFC. That gives Inter Miami's attack a different element, right? Because when they have Campana and Joseph, they're both players that need to uh, get on the ball, combine, and don't really have pace to, to stretch a back line. But with Farias, they did. Whether it was on the ball or off the ball, you know, he was making runs that challenged them in different ways and maybe that they weren't expecting. Now, his goal, the opening goal in the 14th minute, comes from, you know, some great recognition from him to find the, the space. And Thomas Aviles, who we just criticized a whole bunch, that deserves all the props and all the credit for hitting that line-splitting pass 100%. To, yeah. to find, to find Fadias. This is one brilliant moment in the game for, for Aviles. Uh, now, Fadias hits a sliding effort, you know, a, a heck of a, an attempt to get it on frame. I think John McCarthy probably could have done better there. He probably wishes he could have had that one back. Maybe took one step too many to, to the near post. Because, I mean, the angle Farias has, you're not scoring from that angle too often, especially on a sliding effort like that. I mean, it was well placed, well, I think, but, I think, but I think one step over and he, and he makes that save. But I think the sliding aspect of it, I think he was slightly underplayed on the broadcast. I thought that was an absolutely brilliant finish because um, no one expected it and McCarthy didn't expect it and that's why he was caught out a little bit. You're right, he was caught out a little bit. 
I think he expects justifiably there's going to be one touch and then the shot. And in that one touch, he's got time to position himself and, and get, get himself set right. And he didn't have that time because Farias took that inspired decision that I'm just going to slide and hit this first time. You very rarely see a player score a goal like that. And it's technically really difficult to put it in the corner of the net while you're sliding and you're hooking the ball like he kind of hooked it in while he was mm. sliding. I thought that was an absolutely brilliant improvised finish. I mean, really, really, really top class. Well, that gave it a reminder of one zero lead. And we didn't even go over the whole lineup. So let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, I missed that here early on. New days. So my mind's all over the place when it comes to the video. Got a lot, a lot of buttons to click, a lot of things to, to manage over here. Um, so it was a 5-3-2, Drake Calder and goal. The back five right to left were DeAndre Yedlin, Thomas Aviles, Serhi Kristoff as the sweeper, Kamal Miller, and Jordi Alba. The midfield three, Benjamin Kremaski, Serhi Busquets, and Diego Gomez. No Dixon Arroyo in the starting lineup in this one. And then up top, Facundo Farias and Lionel Messi. Again, I, the first 20 minutes weren't great. But they scored the goal, and after that, they kind of settled into the game. They grew in confidence, and LAFC started to lose uh, a bit of their stranglehold in terms of the control of the match. And Inter-Miami took, uh, took the lead into the half. Second half is when Messi delighted, and Messi you know, did what Messi does. Now, he wasn't Messi the goal scorer in this one. He was Messi the creator, Messi the facilitator, Messi the Los Angeles showstopper because that first ball to uh, Jordi Alba for the 2-0, to zero, I mean, gorgeous ball, uh, great recognition, of course, from Jordi Alba to, to see the space and make that diagonal run, but Messi to hit the perfectly weighted pass. I mean, Jordi Alba had a good bit of time in the penalty area to make a decision. Right? You see him even do the little, little stutters as he's trying to figure out where he's going to try to place it, um, but he does place it. And listen, also – of note there, Sergio Busquets hit the pass to Messi. So, yes, in MLS terms, he gets the secondary assist. But we don't count that here on me. No. But, that's about radio. but nonetheless, Never. It, was, it was the Barcelona trio. They combined, and they gave Inter Miami a 2-0 lead. What did you think about that goal? Yeah, no, it was beautifully worked goal. Really composed finish from I mean, that's not a fullback's finish, is it? You know, that that's a guy who's got real supreme confidence that he's going to put that ball away and, uh, and made the run. But you know, as he had as all, the, all the time in the world, though Simon, he had all the time in the he world. He had all the time in the world, and, and LAFC's line was all over the place. You know, Hollingshead's playing playing on there. Um, not only him, somebody else was who I can't remember, but there was two of them hung back, and and so it was way too easy. Um, but really well worked goal, great ball from Busquets into Messi, and then Messi's Messi makes it look easy, but it, it was a fairly straightforward uh, uh, job he had to do. But yeah, no, it was a nice goal. The, the the interesting thing there, interestingly enough, uh, I just repeated myself, or yeah, I said interesting twice, um, is that literally a minute or so before, Inter Miami had an attack down the right where DeAndre Yedlin was, you know, he had a decent look on goal and he couldn't get his body around the ball and he shoots it and it hits the side netting. It was it was a pretty poor yeah, it was bad. take it given was that bad, he, was, yeah. he was pretty open. Um, but technically, you know, he's not the best and that's not his forte. And then you see Jordi Alba on the other side, what he can do if you give him the ball in a similar spot, and then he puts it away. Um, sure. So I, th I think the, the back five, a big part of it, was because Inter-Miami wanted to solidify things defensively, right? Like, they want to have the ball. They want to keep possession. They're not, they are not they didn't go there to park the bus, but they know LAFC is going to have their chances, and they want to do their best to try to 
negate that. Whether right, which go, goes back. Whether you agree with the tactic, which goes back to the question about why Robert Taylor wasn't starting, which we didn't answer. But <laughs> I think I think you just kind of answered it, though. I think the idea, if you're playing two fullbacks as your wide players and they're going to provide the width going forward, you don't really have room then for uh, somebody to play in the position that Robert Taylor has been playing. Um, as the third striker, winger. Um, but he could, have he, got, play- he could have gone 4-3-3, right? He could have stayed with the, the same tried and tested 4-3-3. He, 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 could, have done. he, could, he could have done, but he, if he's gone five at the back, it's hard to squeeze him. And then if you put him in the midfield, um, he obviously wanted that extra protection that you get by having midfielders who can defend more than, than, than maybe Robert Taylor would do you know, as a more advanced creative midfielder. So I can see the logic behind it. Much as I really like Robert Taylor and enjoy watching him play, I could see why he was sacrificed, let's say, in that game. I think Robert Taylor was a bit unlucky to be sacrificed. Like, I get, listen, they had their game plan, you know, what they thought was best for the game. But he goes from playing right, you know, wing back, and he had been moved there for for a a game or two, a cameo or two. And then against Nashville C, he's put back, at wing, so he's playing two completely different positions, and he doesn't have a great game against against Nashville. Possibly in part because he's he was just playing right wing back in the matches leading up to that, um, hmm. and then he and then he gets dropped in this one. Which look, that has got to do with that has got to do in terms of what he thinks is the best game plan. And look, after the first twenty minutes, like we've said multiple times, um, you know they, they they competed and they did a good job of negating LAFC after those first twenty minutes. Um, now going to the third goal. Slate on in the dying minutes. Inter Miami hits on the break. It's Messi and Campana with a whole lot of space in front of them. Messi does his magic on the ball, draws all the attention, and then feeds Campana down the right for a left footed finish, curled low into the back post. That made it 3 2 0 against LAFC, which is impressive, very impressive. Um, at least just from the you know the scoreline standpoint, you can talk about the run of player whether you agree with it or not. But um, you know, in terms of the goal, it was the type of pass that Buanga should have hit Bella with in a very totally. similar spot. Totally in this yeah. very similar spot in that first half, um, and Campana made no mistake on on his chance. Um, you know, th- that goal to me said a lot about just the team. Like this this team. And I know it's cliche and every team says that they're all a family and that they're all super tight knit and um, they're a band of brothers, et cetera, et cetera. But like, you can see how well knit the group is, how happy everyone is that everyone's doing well. And yes, that happens when you're winning and it happens when, you know, everyone's scoring a goal or, you know, everyone's contributing on the score sheet, but um, you can see just how, how free flowing, how, you know, with how little pressure this team is playing they still have a very tough task in terms of making the playoffs, um, but with the run of form that they're in, you can just see the the joy that the, a lot of these players are playing with. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what came to my mind when with that goal as well, which was, um, first of all, Messi isn't, you know, he breaks away, but he knows he probably doesn't have the pace to just go straight through all the way one-on-one and get one-on-one with the keeper. Um, so he puts the brakes on, holds up, sees Campana there, plays the unselfish ball, does everything right. But then when you do that, when you're like Lionel Messi and you decide to be unselfish and play in a teammate, you've got to finish. You've got, you've got you to, finish to finish in that situation. There's, there'll be no worse feeling for someone like Campana than like 
Messi could have had a go himself. He could have <laughs> jinked and made a little space. He's not. He's just played me, and I've got to put it away. And it was a really confident finish from Campana, who's who's enjoyed a good few weeks, hasn't he? You know, not you know, he hasn't taken that number nine spot as his own. You know, he came off the bench, obviously. But he's had a good few weeks. You know, at the start of the Messi experiment, it felt a little bit like uh, maybe Campana's been pushed out of the way here and, uh, you know, he's he's going to be on his way to make way for Luis Suarez. And he's, he's come into things and he's taken his chances, you know. It's going to be interesting because now you've got three options to play up, up top. You've got Farias, you've got... Uh, Campana, you've got Joseph Martinez. Now, I don't think Padillas is, is likely to be an every game starter at that No, I think that's a rare but, option. But it is it is a wrinkle. Now, Inter-Miami did give up a goal in this one late on. LAFC scores off of, you would guess it, yes, yep. a set piece. Inter-Miami continues to struggle with that facet of play that I have talked about and asked many questions to several head coaches about since 2020, starting with Diego Alonso, continuing on with Phil Neville. Um, and even Tata Martino, um, if you remember that St. Louis uh, City game before yeah. the league's cup. Um, so they give up a goal. It's late on. You think, eh, Inter-Miami still has it in the back. They give up another great chance that Buanga again somehow smashes it over the crossbar from in close. <laughs> like, if he puts that in, they had two, three minutes left to try to find an equalizer. And Inter-Miami would have really, really been, would have been reeling. But anyway, they see it through to the finish line. Three points in the bag. Now, let's talk about what was said post-game. Because Tata post-game said it was one of their best performances. Maybe he said best. Let's listen to it first, and then we can we can paraphrase. Or you can translate, since you are okay. el, el traductor. Final traductor. I don't know if that's, that's going to be your nickname. I don't no, know it's not. I pronounce it's not. that, but, but you, no, I no, mean, you are our unofficial translator here. But let's listen to what Tata said after the game about the overall performance. Hemos tenido muchos partidos complejos, pero sí, estimo que por la categoría del rival el partido de esta noche ha sido el más complejo y en, y en el que mejor hemos competido a lo largo de 90 minutos. Otros partidos hemos tomado pausas, en algún momento este, fuimos superados. En el partido de hoy creo que competimos bien y, y, y lo valorizo mucho más, por, repito, porque en Los Ángeles me parece un equipo muy, muy bueno. Ok. So Simon, he said it was, you know, a very complicated game. But that he thought it was their most complete performance yeah. as a yeah. team. Um, I, I understand, what he's, I understand what he's trying to say. You agree with that? Well, and he, you know, if I understood correctly as well, he was saying you've got to put it in the context that this was of a the top class opponent they were right. playing. You know, the right. champion. So right. Well, so I think that's where the where you can give him um, the benefit of the doubt because in terms of a complete performance. I mean, they've beaten other teams four to zero. You know, they, they went on the road in Philadelphia and and pummeled Philadelphia. I mean, so, but I get the point. I think from a coaching standpoint, he's talking from right his his seat is that they were competitive after the first twenty minutes away from home against one of the. I mean, Philadelphia is one of the top teams too. So see, it's it's kind of um, tricky. Well, there. Philadelphia but, made a total mess of that game, didn't they? Like they 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 they, 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 they totally got it wrong. Whereas LAFC didn't, they created chances. They showed 
the potential they had to to you know give a spanking to into Miami could easily have gone that way in that first 20 minutes. You put two of those chances in, and suddenly Miami are two goals down and starting to open up. He probably abandons five at the back at half time if they're two nil down. It's a totally different game. So you know, I think I can see where what he's saying that we you know you've gone on the road to LAFC, the champions. Many people will argue the best team in MLS. You've got a bigger game atmosphere, a lot of hype around it. You cope with that. You get off to a bad start, and then you go and win three-one on the road at LAFC. It, it is an impressive result. Um, yeah, I, I see what you mean. You know, you can't call it really a complete performance when the first twenty minutes you gave away four clear-cut chances. You know, but um, I, 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 my overall feeling at the end of the game was, yeah, that was a that was a more mature performance. Really, I mean, it's 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 one thing destroying teams who get it completely wrong or winning at home at a canter, or having a crazy game against FC Dallas, uh, you know, with 4-4 and all the rest of it. This was, you know, this was like Barcelona going on the road to, I don't want to say Real Madrid, going to Atletico Madrid. Going to Atletico Madrid and winning 3-1 after a shaky start to a game. It was was a, a professional job well done. It was, uh, again, a good overall performance collectively, right? Like, LFC, after those first 20 very good minutes, just, I mean, they didn't really have a whole lot. Again, late on in the dying minutes, um, after, you know, they pulled one back, maybe when Inter Miami kind of took their foot off the pedal, maybe a little bit of a stretch in the, in the second half, um, but not, not too much. And I think that's what that, that like, you know, gives context to his, to his comments. And also, he doesn't, he doesn't mention certain things, Tata, because he's one of those coaches that likes to keep certain things on the training ground. But, so reading between the lines a little bit, I think he would have been particularly pleased by one development that I really noticed in this game, which is players are not looking all the time to make that pass to Messi, as I mentioned a little bit earlier on, I think. You know, the, Diego Gomez used to be like one of the, uh, in these first few games was really guilty of this, of like, I've got the ball, I better give it to Busquets or Messi. And and they didn't do that in this game, and they they were more complete in that sense as as like being a team using all the different weapons available to them rather than just everything going through Busquets to try and get to Messi, which was how the team was at the start, wasn't it? And it has evolved a little bit since then, because you know you think about who were the most influential players in that game, and you can include two or three names that aren't Messi and Busquets, you know. Now that that does say in a different clip that I do have here um, that, you know, when he first got on, you know, the players were still had just arrived. He's had more time with them now, although not a whole lot of training sessions, but that they are able to prepare for games better now because there's a full complement of players. You know, they have, they can more easily define their roles for them. Um, still not at an ideal level because they're playing you know, every three, four days. Oh, let's listen. Um, have you got it set up? I do. I do have it set up because it's more about Fadias and Fadias starting up top. But then after that, he goes into, you know, the overall preparation of a game and being able to I always to like listening to Tata's yeah. voice. Go on. Let's, 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 let's listen to it. All right. Bueno, in reality, Facundo is capaz de eh, complementarse bien tanto con Jose como con Leo Campana. Eh, eh, sucede que para el partido de hoy entendimos que era mejor jugar con, con Leo, Messi y con Facundo como delanteros para quitarles referencia a, a los marcadores centrales de, de Los Ángeles y ver si podíamos hacer superioridad eh, con el retroceso de ellos en la mitad de la cancha. Y creo que en algunos aspectos se, 
se fue logrando, pero claro, con la llegada de los futbolistas que hemos tenido hace 60 días atrás, el plantel este, es, es, es mucho más completo, hay muchas más posibilidades de elegir y, y hay muchas más posibilidades de, de preparar mejor los partidos. Hmm. All right, Simon. I stole your thunder last time. I said I would let you translate, and then I did it. No, so no, no, go you, ahead. You, you go get ahead. the 51-second clip. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I struggled a little bit with that one, but I think if I understood the gist of it, he's saying that you know he has the he has the uh, the abilities to to really complement uh, well what he has with with Campana and uh, Martinez. That it's it's so, a good option. So I'll, I'll I'll do it here. I'll do it here for you. Um. So he says that they went with Farias as a, like, try to, I guess, surprise LAFC a little bit, to take away the reference point of the target striker um, and maybe throw them off a little bit in that way. Uh, and then he then starts talking, he goes really into detail about, you know, numerical advantages he thought Inter-Miami would have when they hit on the counter, um, given that now they would have a, a speedier type of striker in there. That gives them another, another um, player that can fill in those, those spaces. Um, he closes out by saying we've had more time together as a group. Like he, said, he mentions the 60 days, I think, uh, if, if my memory serves me correctly, my short term memory. And then he goes into, you know, we have more options to choose from now and we have more ability to prepare differently, which, which is what they did here. And, and it worked out. So um, going back to the overall point of him saying, you know, it was uh, their most complete performance or for him. I, I get what he's saying against the, um, one of the highest uh, level teams in MLS in their home, um, you know, he was that put up a fight that tested Inter Miami, right? Philadelphia, like you said, didn't really test Inter Miami all that much in in that League's Cup game. LAFC did. Inter Miami withstood that. You know, they they held their own. They had some good goalkeeping, some good defensive interventions, and then they they put the game on their terms, and and then they never looked back. So. Uh, I, I get the point. I can understand the argument. Concacaf Champions League runners up as well. You know, I mean, it's they're a team that's done well against you know good Mexican opposition as well. So, you know, I I still don't know if I would, I would call it their most complete game. I, but again, I get I get what he's what he's trying. To yeah, say. yeah, yeah. I get what he's trying to say. All right. Uh, before we wrap up this one, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do the exercise now, Simon. Let's do the exercise now. So. Steven Primo Brenner and I did it last week. This is the updated playoff standings, right? So Inter Miami stayed in 14th place, but they cut the gap to eight points between themselves and DC United. They have one, two, three, four teams between them and DC United. There are nine games left in the regular season. I'm going to ask you to whip out your calculator or take out your phone if you need to oh, do God. it. But Inter-Miami has averaged, not Inter-Miami, sorry, the ninth place team in the Eastern Conference over the last three full seasons has averaged 43 points. 43 points. Inter-Miami, once again, I'll show you. Right now they're on 25. So they need 18 points to get to that average. From nine games. From nine games. Do they get there? Is it going to be enough? And I'm going to ask again the viewers here, does Inter-Miami make the playoffs? 
And you, you haven't got a screen of upcoming fixtures, those nine games to put I, up. No? I, I, did, I did not take that. I should have done that. It would have been a good move. Thank you, Simon. Well, forgive me then for bringing it up on my screen. Yeah, do because... it. Go for it. No, no, go for it. No, that's because what, uh, because basically, you know, if we're going to talk about it seriously, we need to evaluate game by game. If you look at that that stat, those standings, though, you have to say that Inter-Miami are a better team than everyone in that group outside the playoffs ahead of them. They're better than the Red Bulls, better than New York City this year, for sure. So, you know, on that basis, it's it's not, we're not talking about fantasy. Right, game's coming up. Okay. Miami versus Kansas City. Right, we know this is a game that's complicado, as uh, Tata would say, <laughs> because um, half the team, over half the team is missing on international duty. But... It's uh, it's still one that they can get something out of, I think. It's going to be tricky without uh, many players. But, you know, the good news is Jordi Alba isn't going to go to play for Spain. He's announced his international retirement. So you've got, still got Alba and Busquets who are available for that game. You've we'll, still we'll, got... We'll get, we'll get to the lineup. We have to still talk about Kansas City. Just, I want your overall map. Your overall map. Give me the map. So, winnable. They can win that game. Then Atlanta on the road is a really, really tough one, um, especially with the signings they made towards the end of the window. Atlanta is a strong team. It's a game on turf as well. Um, that could, I could see that one being a draw. Yeah. Okay, so four points. We're at four points. Miami, Toronto. If you're not winning that, you can forget about the playoffs. So, of course, they've got to win that. Seven. Yeah? Orlando away is another tr- tricky road trip. I mean, Orlando just had a great result where they went to Atlanta, right? Um, last weekend and pulled off a win there. Um, Orlando are in good form. That's a tricky one, but I think you win that one. Ten points. Miami, Houston, yes. Miami, New York City, those are the two games that are absolutely uh, two home games back-to-back. Got to win that. I say yes. On both so six away we had 16 or 19. I think we're at 13. 16. Six <laughs> the exercise just got more complicated. Well, the only game I'm saying so far out of those that they're not winning. They're not losing a single game, according to you. They're not losing any of these games. I'm saying that Atlanta is a danger one, but I think they get a point out of that game. Orlando is is also a danger one, but I think they win that one. So it's not like you think they're gonna make the playoffs because I mean I, I listen. Oh, absolutely, I do. Yeah, I saw I mean, your tweet. I'm, I saw your tweet. You're like, I, I think they're I? gonna win the MLS Cup. Yeah, I don't think so, they're yes. gonna win the playoffs. Give, I think us, they're gonna win the us, whole thing. Give us the you know paraphrasing your your tweet because your tweet after the game. I even was like, stop. Very so simple tweet. I said Miami aren't just gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna win the whole thing. They're going and to I mess around that. and win the whole thing. So he said, you could have just gave us the answer that way. I do appreciate you, though, trying to go through the math. No, Let's no, see. well, and then then, then you're into Chicago, who are terrible. Miami at home to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, by that stage, they're fighting for, like, are they going to be – they might already have got the top seed by that stage, Cincinnati. But so, that's, a t- that's a tough one. Charlotte, they should beat um, home and away. Cincinnati is, is another danger one, but I see those are the three danger ones. It, sh- it should it's, it's entirely doable for the Miami for that team. It's entirely doable. I would so, be surprised if they don't make it now. 
So if they win a six of nine, which I think you just, you definitely gave them six of nine and, and probably a little bit more with the draws, then yeah. they would make it based off of that. Absolutely. And they might even get in the automatic spots. That's how great they have to be the rest of the way. And they have been great. They haven't lost in 11 matches since Message of Wrath. But that's how great they have to continue to be through a grueling last two months of the regular season, which they have a lot of games. Don't forget, there's also a U.S. Open Cup game, um, which I think you might have taken into consideration there in your math when you talked about Houston. So now that I think about it, that oh, might have been, those that might have been three points. Hold on. <laughs> uh, yeah. But either way, you think they're going to make it. That, so that doesn't change. that doesn't change anything. Lou Lopez here in the comment section says, I think Miami will be close, but won't make the playoffs. By a point or four, it'll be... He says, he corrects himself later, says by a point or three. Uh, Steve Munoz says, Miami has two games, two or three games in hand. Ed Bartra. Yep. So you're saying there's a chance. Kyle, one of our regular listeners and most avid commenters says, yes, and eighth place. And by the way, if my predictions are right, they probably don't go into the wild card. They probably go straight into the, the first round. <laughs> Tank721 says, let's freaking go. I'm being um, politically correct there. Let's freaking go. Simon, Simon, Thomas. Simon Thomas. Hashtag El Mago. Um, maybe, maybe. That's your nickname. That's your nickname. El, El Brujo, bro. El Brujo. Um, <laughs> R says Messi is cracked. Listen, I think they're going to win a good portion of those games. Oh, come on. The majority of those games. Okay. But I just don't think they're going to make the playoffs, man. I just don't. I think it's a, a, a task just a little bit too tall for them. Because, again, Messi's not going to play in a lot of these games. Or not a lot of these games. At least two to three. He won't be around. For so you've got to find ways to have solutions to win the match matches without him. But they have those gonna, solutions, though. Then you're going to have, have quick turnarounds again. Um, and you're going to have teams that are going to take a page from Nashville SC and try to park the bus. That doesn't mean that they'll do it effectively, but I think they just have to be so good for such a long stretch that I just think they're going to fall a little short. And listen, it's it's foolish, it's risky to bet against Messi. I said that last week when Primo and I did this exercise. What did he say? Does he think they'll make it? He said no. He said no, surprisingly, because Primo's usually very, very positive and very uh, optimistic. But he said no, I'm still gonna say no. I think they just fall just short, just short. And listen, there's not if they fall just short and they win League's Cup and the Open Cup. I mean, it was an overall positive season, overall based on where they were, you know, uh, two months. Amazing ago. season. So I just don't. I just don't think so. I don't think. I don't think I they know, get there. Man. You know what? It's, I it's, think people. For, you, you can look at those. I think what's in the back of your mind is those games Messi is going to win. You're still going to be playing with, um, you know, a lineup where you've got uh, Busquets and Alba, and then up front you might have. Um, you probably not have Martinez because he's away with Venezuela on those dates as well. But you, you've, you've got. You could play a front three of. Uh, Facundo Farias and uh, Leonardo Campana and another attacking player, probably not Robert Taylor, he'll be away with Finland on those international games, won't he? But you've still got plenty of options there, you know? So It's, it's still not going back to the... Listen, it's not going back to what it was before Messi arrived. It's, if, it's still an if, improved team. If they make the playoffs, you and I stay busier longer during the year. So that's not a bad thing. I just think it's going to be a tough task. I just think 
at some point they're going to hit a wall, whether it's uh, tactically or, um, you know, luck could play a factor in a the game. They, they have to be so good the rest of the way. So good. And they have been very good to this point. But they've had Messi for almost all of that. So I think it's going to be a tough task. I think it's going to it starts And it starts with this weekend. It starts with this weekend. And if they need here's, 18 here's points, they've got to win you, six Franco. of nine, Simon. They've got to win six of nine. That's not impossible. Two-thirds of the not, games. It's not impossible. But, but that's, that's, you know, that's going off the, off the average, right? Because like, they're what? They're eight points. Like, let's do the math a little more simply. They need eight points. What is that? Out of, out of nine games, what do you need it to get eight points? Two wins and a draw. Now, yeah. you still have, that, that's just making up the ground that stands as of today. You can't expect all the teams ahead of them to just be dropping points like crazy as Inter Miami picks up all the points. I mean, that, that'd be a very extreme scenario, which maybe with Messi and this Inter Miami group, maybe it could happen. But I just think it's going to be very tough. It's not just about picking up eight points and making up that difference with two or three games at hand. It's about sure. making up those eight points hoping other teams fall, and and then maintaining that level the rest of the way to make sure that you don't end up falling back underneath the playoff line. Even Tata Martino. Well, I'm going to say this, man. I really like Tata Martino in terms of his public demeanor. Like, right. the way he talks, you know, it, it's probably because he's such an experienced head coach and he's won um, at high levels. Like, he doesn't really feel the need to have to prove himself, where I think Phil Neville did. Um, and Phil Neville in that way would come off a different type of way. Like, Tata Martino, we're going to play it right here. He's a father he's figure, him. isn't he? He's a father he, figure. He's like a grandpa. Like, he's a grandpa out there. And, and when he's asked about the playoff outlook, instead of, like, being like, rah, rah, like, no, we're, we're going to do it. Yes, of course. Have you not seen how we play? He's kind of like, it's still a tough task. You know, we're going to keep trying as, as much as we possibly can until the numbers say otherwise. But he keeps a very realistic approach to it. Very realistic approach. Let's listen to Tata Martino on his uh, updated outlook on a playoff push. Finales a este equipo, incluyendo un partido frente a Kansas City, me parece, sí. sin Messi. ¿Le va a alcanzar para, para los playoffs? Bueno, eh, como dije también en estos días, eh, aquello que dependía de nosotros, que comenzó eh, como la League Cup o como la semifinal de, de la Copa, lo hemos asumido y, y hemos competido bien, y en el caso de la League Cup la hemos ganado. Esto tiene 20 fechas alrededor anteriores a, a que se arme todo, todo este equipo en, en Inter de Miami y evidentemente trataremos de luchar hasta, hasta donde los números lo, lo puedan decir. He doesn't make any grand promises. He's not, he's not like um, boisterous and being like, oh, absolutely. No, he's not a rah, rah coach he's, at all. He's, though, he's just like, Listen, it's a tough challenge. We're gonna continue to try. We'll see. We'll see what happens. By the way, something I don't know if this has always been a Tata Martino thing. I've never. I haven't. I covered him up close on occasion when he was on Atlanta United, but not 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 overly. I just want to play that clip one more time, just so you can see his initial reaction. Like he's like maybe it's always been a thing of his. Maybe not. Maybe it's just a point in his life where he's older and he's like he just can't hide how he feels as well. But when the guy, when the and that's why I included the question. And then when the reporter asks him. Like, oh, do you think it's going to be enough for you to make the playoffs? He was like, his facial expressions, like, like, well, what do you think I'm going to say? No, like, that, that's how I interpret his his body language. There. Let's, no, let's, play, let's play it one more time. It's just the beginning, the beginning part. Finales a este equipo, incluyendo un partido frente a Kansas City, me parece, sí. sin Messi. ¿Le va a alcanzar para, para los playoffs? Bueno, eh, como dije. Like, 
really what, what else am i gonna say no like, so it's like, like obviously like, you know it, it just feels like to me like he was like well what else can i say here um but he's, been, ar- he's been around the block as data he's been around the block you know he knows i the I, I, I like the persona that he shows i like you know take the stuff off the field of, of course on the field they've done very well under him but i think just how he carries himself and um, how he deals with the media is great. Now, listen, Phil Neville you know was what? a fantastic quote. Phil Neville was a fantastic quote. I just want to, I want to make that clear. Phil Neville was a fantastic quote. But there were times when Phil Neville was, you know, trying to sell the idea that the team was better than it was. Like, as opposed to where Tap is kind of just like, well, we'll see what happens. And, you know, there it is. He, he lets the results do the talking for, for him. The thing I like as a journalist is, like, uh, if you ask a question that, is maybe a little bit more tactical or, you know, football football content rather than kind of, you know, are the team confident kind of questions, yeah? Um, he, he he actually tries to answer it to, to you. He, he's not going to tell you everything because, you know, they don't do that, most coaches. But he's list, he listens to your question, he respects your question, and, and he tries to answer it in a way that he thinks will make sense for the general public. Um, and it's that's a, a smart way of doing it, and I and I respect him for that because you get quite a lot of coaches who, you know, not naming names, but there's a few in MLS as well who you can tell when you're asking them a question <laughs> that they don't, they just presume you don't know what you're talking about, as well, you know. And he's not like that. I, I like that, and he's 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 done way more than most of the coaches in MLS as well. Absolutely. So let's start to wrap things up, Simon. Bye transitioning from the talk of the playoff to the first game in this continued mission for the playoffs for the postseason. And that is on Saturday night and remind me returns home to draft pink stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida for a match against sporting Kansas city. I believe this is the first time if I'm not mistaken that the two teams will have ever played each other. So the first ever match between mm. the La Rosa Negra and the boys in baby blue. So it'll look probably on a Unless they switch up the jerseys, it'll look like a like a gender reveal party out there. Um, but, but, uh, all right. What does Inter Miami have to do in this one to come out with a with a win, not a result, a win? Because they're at home and they need the points more so than um, Sporting Kansas City does. At least, you know, take Inter Miami's scenario into it. They'll be missing nine players, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Which is absurd. It, it is absolutely absurd. I say this every year. MLS is the only league in the world, basically, that the, any that that plays through the international break. To have a team that's pushing for the playoffs miss nine players through no fault of their own, not suspensions, not injuries or anything, is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, let's let's go through the nine players that'll be absent. Well, it might be eight. They, they reported on the broadcast, the English broadcast, that Drake Calendar is supposedly going to stick around for this game against Kansas City before he joins up with the U.S. men's national team, which at that point, I guess you're just trying to integrate him because he's going to have, what, two two days, three days with with, the, with that group before returning back to, to South Florida. But anyway, Trey Calder was called up, but he may stay um, behind. It's not confirmed yet. We'll find out on Wednesday during availability um, with with the team. Um, you've got Thurry Christoph's been called up. He's the only one of that regular backline that's been called up, which is a plus for Inter Miami, a big plus because the other Kamal Miller that Canada is not playing this international window. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin was left um, off the U.S. men's national team roster. Jordi Alba, like you said, has retired from the Spain national team, the Spanish national team. 
and you've got Thomas Aviles as an option there. So, you know, much of that back four, that back five, will still be around. You've got Busquets in the midfield. You've got Dixon Arroyo, and then you've got it aside because Benjamin Kremaski is not around, right? So I, I just went all over the place. I'll give you the players. That no, are, no, 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 no. You, but no. we, we got to go back to the players that aren't going to be there. Kristoff Kremaski, who's with the U.S. You've got uh, Messi, who's with Argentina. You've got Joseph Martinez, who's with Venezuela. Uh, you've got well, my, why am I blanking? I just went through Robert, all of Robert this. Taylor with Finland. Robert Taylor with Finland. You've got ooh, I'm, I'm blanking. I know Edison Asconas with the Dominican Republic. You've got uh, Diego Gomez, who's going with Paraguay. Yeah. Seven. Um, I'm blanking on the other two. Well, Drake Calendar would count as one, so that would make it eight. Uh, who's the last one? Who are we missing? Who's also not going to be there? Campana's in. Campana's in. Uh, I have Campana. I posted this literally on Miami Total Football's Instagram page over the last few days. I posted every single player, um, except maybe minus us. Yeah, there's an article on the front of the official website which pretends to tell uh, you David what Ruiz. Comes. David Ruiz. Oh, no. Andrea. Oh, how could you forget? Coach. You're going to get so much stick <laughs> after that. Oh, no. Andrea Jose. You, Andrea to, is going to eat you for breakfast after they're that. They're going to roast me after that one. David Ruiz is with Honduras. So, all right. So, let's let's start. <laughs> let's study it. It's going to be really funny um, in terms of our WhatsApp group. Uh, I can already feel it. Simon, let's start with the starting line. Let's start there, and then we'll get into what they have to do. Who starts in this one? And what formation? Let's, let's go with that first. Formation, 4-3-3 four, three, three, or 5-3-2? You're at home. You can play four at the back, and you've lost the central defender in uh, Christoph. So I think he goes with uh, a flat back four. And Aviles and Kamal Miller play at the central defense. Okay, so... Avilas and Miller? Okay. Uh, I agree. You know, if Drake Allen is saying it's going to be him in goal, I think Avilas and Miller, and then your fullback will be DeAndre Yedlin on the right, Jordi Alba on the left. I think we, we agree on that back five? Yeah. All right. The midfield three is where things will start to get a little more interesting. You've got three three options there. Or th- I'm sorry, three positions there. Busquets will take one. Arroyo, yeah. you imagine, takes another. Who fills that third spot? The Kromaski David Ruiz position that's not there. The Robert Taylor's not, not there. Ooh, it's a tricky one. Victor Rio uh, is really the only option. He is, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. I was just going to say that. So he plays. Yeah. I think he plays. I think, Time I, to I step think, up, Victor. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's going to be Victor Rio. Now, then you've got two up top. Who are they? Well, uh, on, going, that's 4 3 we've gone. So we've got. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, 4 3 3. Sorry. Dude, mine's all over the place. See? So uh you've Campana got up top. Campana up top, Farias to his right, and then who who plays Robbie Robinson. Robbie Robinson. Possibly Robbie Robinson. Yeah, who else is there anybody else who could come into contention there? Probably not, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that's that's pretty much close to because you've got you've got injuries to players that are on the first team as well, right? Franco Negri's not available, Corantan John's not available, Ian Frey's not available. So um not not How much. How far not much away more. are you hearing on Gregory? How far away? Oh, I asked about that last week, and we we played the clip um, while you were out. Um, he, he apparently looks to have suffered a setback because they had to remove right. a screw from from uh, from the foot, and that's actually a good. This tank tank here is a good. This is a good option here. Now I got away from what I was just about to say. 
Stefanelli. Stefanelli's one player that has not played yet, uh, or he hasn't played much. I don't think he's played at all, actually. Um, if he hasn't, he's been very little under Tata Martino, which I've been surprised by. I thought he would have more of a role with Messi here and with Tata being the head coach. But he hasn't right. seen a whole lot of time, if any, since I know he's, he was injured at one point, but he's been back and healthy and he still has yet to, to really see the field. So maybe it is Stefanelli. Maybe Stefanelli will go, um, will start over, over Robbie Robinson. Possibly. But actually, that team, when you put it out like that, even with all those players missing, it's not a bad lineup for an MLS game, is it? It's not. It's not a bad lineup, though. But you don't. You don't have a difference maker, a guy that's going to win you the game on his own, which in MLS you sometimes need. And I think that's where they they'll be lacking on on Saturday. They've got this. Busquets is great. Alba can be great, but there's no like the guy that's going to win you the game if the game's on the line. Um, listen, I think, and this is you know the. the the viewers and listeners are, are chiming in. No Ed Barber says no Allen. If Noah Allen starts, it's because they're playing a back five, and he plays as he could come in on the left. He could come in on the left side of the center of defense and allow then Alba to go forward, and you don't have to worry about that left-sided attacker position as much. So yes, that's a good shout. Yeah. If it's Noah, if it is Noah if it Allen is a five-three-two, so I mean, if yeah, it is a five-three-two, who who? Who does not start, right? We just gave the starting lineup in a 4-3-3. A little haphazardly, but we're, we're working on it, guys. Well, uh, if, you know. if he goes five, then then the Robbie robinson uh, Stefanelli position doesn't exist. And you play with Facundo Farias and uh, Leonardo Campana as, as a front two. And maybe maybe that is what we see? Maybe? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how Tata, Tata Martino approaches the game. Now, there before are we... a few options there. So it's, it's not that. I mean... When people hear, oh, Miami have got nine internationals out, you just think this is going to be like a B team playing. It's not It's not quite like that, is it? Mm, kind of. Kind well, of. You're still playing with, like, two Barcelona legends in your team. Ecuador international striker who hasn't been called up this time but is an Ecuador international striker. Facundo Varias, who's, like, just scored a wonder goal against LAFC and and, and a wonder goal. Settle down, Simon. Wonder goal. And, it, was and, a, it was a good finish. I don't know about wonder goal. And and ran them ragged for parts of the game. He, did, know, he so. did do that. And I think yeah, he made a re- that was that was his coming out party really, wasn't it? That game. So I, I think I, I think he does start. I think he starts for sure. It's just a matter of how the pieces around are are pieced together. Against Kansas City at home I mean, that, I, listen, I'm going to ask this question. I mean, I, I, I try not to say what I'm going to ask the coach, um, especially when we're doing something live or something like this. Then if somebody from the team is watching, they can prepare him. But nonetheless, I'm going to ask Tata what he likes out of this 5-3-2 formation. Like what he sees in it that he likes that the 4-3-3 doesn't give him. I'm curious to hear his answer. And maybe if anybody from the is watching – between now and tomorrow morning, or before we talk to him later this week, then he'll be prepared. Um, but I'm curious to hear what his answer is. I mean, obviously it gives it more defensive solidity and 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 the like. But I'm curious to hear tactically from his you know soccer brain what his football brain uh, what what he thinks about it. So because I can see that five three two. Actually, I think I'm going to bet on the five three two. I think the five three two is more likely. No, Allen did well when he came on as well, actually. He he, he's done okay. He's held up well, uh, by and large, at center back, even though he's not a natural center back. So that's why I think it's possible. Like he's he's shown more of a propensity for for playing Noah Allen out of position at center back than you know going with like a Ryan Saylor or 
uh, you know, or the like. So, but you know, um, but- the thing about think about those games before Messi came. You remember the a lot of the kids were playing at the same time, right? With the injuries, um, and you had games with like uh, Ruiz and Kramaski and uh, and uh, what's his name? Who's out <laughs> injured? Whose name's just. Ian Frey. Yeah, um, you had a lot of the you know, so-called academy players in there and everything. They did get an experience that means that when you bring on Noah Allen with 15, 20 minutes to go against LAFC, you're not bringing on a raw kid. You're bringing on a guy who started MLS games and has experience. So the squad has a, has a bit more depth than, than people sometimes uh, give it credit for. LK, who may be Tata Martino in disguise, says the five back gives you constant width and allows you to easier without having to overextend thank you tata uh no thanks okay for the for the comments it's true yeah, so, it gives you, it gives i want to hear what tata says from his point what he likes about it. um but let's listen to this very quickly we'll then dive into what we what we think it reminds me to do and our predictions before we wrap up the show so let's listen to this from sergio busquets on not having messi and having to deal with all these international absences pues todavía más difícil no perdemos a muchísimos jugadores, eh, jugadores internacionales que se van con su selección y como tú dices a Leo, ¿no? que nos marca la diferencia en, en todos los partidos, en, en goles, asistencias, pero sobre todo en nuestra manera de jugar y, y buscarlo. Tendremos que, que dar un paso más, que crecer, eh, que prepararnos y, y ojalá podamos seguir en la misma dinámica, aunque está claro que, que lo tendremos un poquito más difícil. You know the the quote there, the soundbite that stands out to mo- the most to me there. He says, says, "Tenemos que crecer. We have to grow." Right? Busquets saying they have to grow as a team without Messi to find a way to you know function and to find a way to get the three points. And that's going to yeah. be very important on Saturday. Very important. And you know who steps up? If someone steps up, then Inter Miami has a chance to to get the three points. If no one steps up and it's kind of just you know then then a draw. Um, is possible here, and then that obviously psychological works. aspect is really important. And I think you know, I think one way of approaching it is is to say play as though Messi is out there. We've been dominating games, we've been winning games with Messi out there. We we're still going to play the same way. We're still going to play the same football. Yes, we don't have that guy there, but let's play. We're Messi's team. Let's play that way. LK's cover is blown. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tata, I didn't mean to put you on blast. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, so what does Inter-Miami have to do? Is it just a matter of players stepping up? Or is it a matter of the... This is what I think. It's, yes, someone's going to have to step up. Someone's going to have to score a goal. But I think it's more about the collective performance. The collective performance, if you can make up for the lack of the star power, then you have a chance to win at home. If you cannot, from the run of play, perform well collectively, and you're hoping for someone to just pull a rabbit out of the hat or to do some magic like Messi might, then I think you're setting yourself up for, for a poor result. They've got to play well collectively. There has to be a game donde gustan, right? Like from a stylistic point, they play well. That will lead them to to three points, in my my opinion. Play the same. Play as always there. All right. So then that's so the wrap up the show then, Simon. Right? You've given us a good few predictions. This is the last one on this week's show. Prediction for Inter Miami resporting Kansas City. And I want the viewers to chime in as well if, if they feel um, able to do so. Prediction for this weekend at home. 
Is Inter Miami pick up another three points without Messi and several starters, or will it be a disappointing draw, or even worse, a frustrating defeat? Uh, Miami will win. Um, I think it will be. Um, they'll, I think they'll still score goals. I still think there's goals in that team. And I can see three one or three two. I'll say three one. I'll say three one. I think another, I think they win it. Another three one. Uh, okay. And that will send an incredible message about their playoff chances because this is the game that a lot of the naysayers thought they will stumble in with with those absentees. Even without nine internationals, they still beat Sporting Kansas City three one. Kyla says two to zero Miami. LK says two to zero win. Badias and Alba with the goals. Tank seven two one says two to one win. No excuses. J Dog says Miami two to one. Ed Bartra says Mota should get some minutes if he does not get the start. Two to one Miami with with Gene Mota, and it's something I have put out there on on Twitter um, in recent days or last week. Uh, you know, he started that match against FC Cincinnati, right? The mm. the U.S. Open Cup match. He hasn't been seen since. He didn't dress in the following weekend game against the New York Red Bulls. He didn't dress uh, against LAFC. He didn't dress midweek versus Nashville SC. I don't have it confirmed whether he has suffered an injury or the like, but he has not been with the team in practice. And during one of the most recent games, I think it was the home game against Nashville SC, if I'm not mistaken, when the entire team came out to take a picture with the League's Cup trophy, he wasn't there. Instead, on Instagram, he posts his, his legs in an Inter-Miami blanket watching on a TV from a sofa. Which, I mean, again, I don't have it confirmed that he's suffered a setback or had an injury or, or the like. But I mean, Sounds like it, though, doesn't it? Yeah. it? It sounds like it, right? Like, just if you deduce it and, you know, your supposition there is that it sounds like, like he has... Like he has an injury, which, you know, kind of says here, I don't know why they rushed him back. Same with Robinson various times. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. Interesting. But, um, all right, Simon, I will say, I mean, they could win. I don't see them losing this game. I don't know if I see them winning this game. 1-1 one, one draw. 1-1 one, one draw. It'll be one of the games that, that hurts their chances of making it to the playoffs. There you go. That's what I think, man. That's what I think. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That's what if, you think. If if they if they can get to the playoffs, then that means we stay busier longer. But I gotta call it like I see it. I think a one-one draw. I think collectively they'll be okay, but they just won't have enough. They just won't have enough. But all right, Simon. Then that does it for this week's show. Thank you very much for joining me here. Thank you for having me. And thanks all the listeners and all the viewers because this is now a video or visual podcast. So some people tune into it afterwards just visually. Some people tune into it just uh, from an audio standpoint. So I got a yellow card here from Tank721. says yellow card, Franco. Uh, it's my first yellow card, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Tank721. Actually, for him, predict, you predicted that they wouldn't make the playoffs as well. So that should be two yellow cards. <laughs> so it should be sent off. So I, red. Be, Get off. So, so I should be I should be adding it. By the way, funny enough, this wasn't talked about anywhere near enough on the broadcast. There was a there was a handball on Sergio Busquets that, that they didn't even look at, which I thought was interesting. Like they right just, at the end. It, 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 it hits up. No, it wasn't at the end. I think it was in the it was in the second half. It was in a, no, maybe it was in the first half. I think it was in the first half. And it hits him in the hand. And like LAFC's protesting for for a handball, 
but I mean, it just nothing came out of it. So um, there, there it is. There it is. I got two yellows and a red. Thanks, Tank Seven Two One. Exactly, Tank. Exactly, Tank. All right. So let's leave it there. Thank you guys again for tuning in. So for Simon Evans, I'm Franco Penizo. You have been listening and watching Miami Football Radio, the show. We will talk to you guys again next week. Cheerio.